to be honest, some of these big agencies come in and we're like, yeah, we've got this big gaming idea. And you're like, no, it's not going to quite work. And it will often be with the Twitches or things like that. Because you're like, you're not, the audience is different. And you actually need someone that's been in the industry for a while or understands it a bit. Welcome to the Media Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Benjamin. Brands are still coming to terms with how to market to gamers. That much has been clear to me from conversations and interviews I've conducted with a number of brand strategists published on The Media Leader in recent weeks. And this is despite several years of work trying to crack the gaming market already. With an audience of over 3 billion people worldwide, gaming has developed over the past few decades into one of the most loved and most lucrative forms of entertainment, and brands want in on the action, hoping to reach audiences they often struggle to find elsewhere. That could include creating in-game advertising campaigns, which has been made possible by maturing gaming ad tech, or targeting gaming audiences outside of games, such as on social media, Twitch, Discord, or even your good old-fashioned billboard. We're going to unpack the whole topic in great detail at the Future of Gaming event on the 12th of October in London, but today to discuss the state of the gaming market and what advertisers need to know about cracking gaming audiences, I'm joined by Lucy Rissick, the Partnerships Director for Women in Games and founder and CEO of boutique gaming marketing agency Brotherhood of Brand, as well as Nina Mackey, founder and CEO of Interact Global and part of female-led gaming industry organization We Game 2. It's wonderful to have both of you here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to start off first by talking briefly about audiences. And I don't want to belabor this point because it's a conversation that I think has been going on for many, many years. And um, for my own reporting, though, advertisers and brands appear to still be struggling with understanding who exactly a gamer is. And from what I understand, many still picture a gamer to basically look like me, especially me from like 10 to 15 years ago. Uh, you know, that is a nerdy, white, young male. Um, yeah, usually with a Red Bull in hand. Right. <laughs> in a dark room. Right. And some Doritos. <laughs> yes. Um but who is an actual gamer today, Lucy? Well, I, yeah, I mean, as you've already said, it's, it is actually very broad these days. I mean, you know, there are people do forget the industry is as large as it is. And there are actually so many games. I think people look at it as, you know, Call of Duty or FIFA and they kind of forget the indie market um, and games that are appealing to lots of different people. So, I mean, um, there is all sorts of different things. There's like games like Train Simulator, where you can literally drive a train or be in a train, but that sort of tends to go to an older audience. And it is that I think people think it is 14 year old boys. Um, but even having worked on things like Need for Speed, their average age of a player was 35. Mm. And it is, you start thinking about when was the first Xbox and PlayStation bought and it, you know, came out. And those people who had them are actually now in their. Late thirties and forties, so it is. It is different. People kind of have that very young view on it, and it's not like that. And the other side is obviously, which we have to mention, is about women, um, because I think people are always like it's very much a male dominated or you know dominated by men or boys playing. But really, the industry is a fifty-fifty split. Women do play a lot of games. Women might hide behind a man's profile or would make themselves a male character just so that perhaps they they don't get. Um, called out or, or, you know, just to change things up. But, you know, women are definitely a huge part of the industry as well. Mm. Do the demographics break down? I mean, you mentioned a bunch of different types of mm. games. Um, and, and also I would make sure people are aware of you know, mobile gaming, you have console gaming, you have PC exactly, gaming. Yeah. Um, Nina, uh, do the demographics change depending on the type of game, the genre of game and, and where it's being played? Yeah, absolutely. I think... In all of the sort of research that um, I've collaborated on, as well as just what I understand about the industry, um, there are a few factors, and I think this is where it becomes 
slightly challenging for brands is they may have in their mind that their target audience is whatever age group, 18 to 24, student, you know, and so on. Um, but the reality is, you know, obviously the demographic is so wide reaching across the entire ecosystem. So you have to really understand who your audience are and then look at what types of games they play. So number one, what platform are they on? So console gamers tend to have a slightly different demographic. Mm. Um, Not much, but again, the the age range is actually a little bit older. But if you look at the industry as a whole, the average age is about 33 in the US and it's a little bit younger in the UK, it's Mm. 31. So... You know, if you then want to look at those segments and say, I want a, I want to target a student or a homeowner or a family, then you have to start to think about the the context of the games. Are these multi game uh, multiplayer games that you can play online? Mm-hmm. And if so, you're targeting families and social communities. So that might be really good for like a big brand like um, a Doritos or mm-hmm. Burger King or and so on. Um, and then there's the age, you know, younger age groups as well so in you know the UK Europe US um obviously regulations prevent brands from targeting to children so you have to think about you know ways to do that contextually without relying on data right so we've seen it for example lego great example mm. so they collaborated with um, epic games and fortnite and they've launched their own game um which is like gaming activations and metaverse experiences so i think we're going to see a lot more of that smart leaning into how do we target demographics. Um, but yeah, I think, um, going back to your point as well, that women are massively underrepresented. And the new research that's coming out that shows actually more women play first-person shooters mm-hmm. than men. Uh, oh, well. didn't wasn't very surprising to me. Uh, <laughs> there was many a time where I felt the need to do that just after a, <laughs> after a long day. Um, so yeah, I, you know, this is, this is why I'm saying that we're we're quite a bit behind. So for the marketers, mm. I think they're a little bit behind in terms of really understanding where those audiences sit. Are they on a mobile? Are they playing online? You know, the, and the issue is a lot to do with particularly console gaming uh-huh. is the fact that who registers the console, mm. so that there'll be children playing a console that the dad has bought and registered, but you know, or women are playing the console that's registered on someone else, and that skews your data. So yeah. that's why exactly the, the first person shooter ones, yeah. everyone's like, yeah, it's eighty five percent male, uh-huh. and it's not. Yeah, interesting. Yes, yeah, so there's a, there's a sort of issue around measurement. There that, is. That- there is, and that will change. I mean, I think particularly now PC gaming is becoming bigger. So like a Gen Z audience, it's yeah. so much about that because they realise that's where it starts. Mm. You know, that's where games often trial and see how they go on. But no, it's 100%. We, we still need to learn so much more. Mm. The the question that always comes up when we're talking about audiences is that do gamers actually even want or enjoy ads in the first place? Because I think a lot of the sort of stereotypical response that you might get from from who you have in your mind's eye of a gamer is they're a bit adverse or, you know, you certainly, if you're putting an ad in a game, you're going to need to be a bit careful with that because you don't want to break a very immersive experience. Unlike in a lot of other types of mediums where maybe that's a little bit more acceptable Mm -hmm. culturally speaking. Um, So do gamers like ads? Well, I think it's how they're done. So I think that's the key. It's like, so I always, my biggest two phrases for everything is always relevance and authenticity. And as long as you're keeping that to the game and everything else, gamers, look, there's like games like RuneScape, which is sort of old style set in medieval type world. If you put a can of Coke in there, they're going to not be very impressed. (laughs) So you do have to think about that, but there's very clever ways to do things. Never forget though, the gamer loves 
being first to things, loves having exclusivity. They're all about looking for that. So if you look at, say, fashion brands coming in, if you do something that's very limited, like that is, I mean, it's like dollar signs going off, but it's like sort of stars and everything for the gamer. They're really excited by it because they want the bragging rights as well. So mm. that's sort of a typical gamer. But I think if it's done in the right way, people do. I mean, what people have done like with Animal Crossing and New Islands and put them in, that actually inc increases the world experience or Roblox and the music industry coming in, that actually increases the user experience. So it is about how you do it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think... I probably would narrow it down to like three ways, um, and I think you touched on it earlier, um, the sort of in the game, around the game, mm -hmm. um, and sort of outside, you know, not related to the game at all, um, extension of. Um, and I think if you look at, you know, a really sort of in-depth partnerships that brands can do with like eSports, for example, that's a long-term, mm -hmm. you know, that's not a one-off um, seasonal campaign. You're, you're essentially putting quite a large budget towards targeting that younger audience um, who are between sort of 14 and 21 um, for esports. Um, but you're obviously looking at influencers, mm -hmm. ambassadors, that second screen audience as well, um, and potentially a global audience. So I think mm -hmm. it's important to, to look at things that have been done well. I think going back to your thing about, you know, sort of building custom experiences, yeah. which we've seen, you know, all the excitement around the metaverse and sandbox and Decentraland. Mm -hmm. I think the what we were starting to see there was okay wow we can build this and we're it's it's a much more immersive experience which people like um but of course the audiences aren't necessarily in on those platforms yet at scale so i think the big changes that we've seen in the last 12 months is with fortnite and roblox allowing you to build mini games and maps um, and it's really easy yeah. to do. You don't need to be a coder or a developer to do it. And mm. they've now sort of launched this easy to build um, tool for creators okay. that you can build on Unity. So we're now going to see an influx of these amazing creations of games and pop-ups, um, some of which brands will sponsor and some they probably won't. Um, but then in-game, obviously, is this really kind of standardised, well-understood display video formats inside the game. Um does what it says in the tin, right? So there potentially is a click or no click, or it's just a it's a view. Mm. So so there's lots of different ways that you can do it. I think it does become more complex when you're looking at custom bills because then how do you measure that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to unpack there. First of all, <laughs> yeah. a custom build, I imagine. I mean, so it perhaps is a lot easier to use in a game engine like Unity and to, to create that than yeah. it used to be. But I would imagine that's still a larger investment than saying, let me just buy a programmatic ad and place that in a certain area. Yes. I mean, you have to actually think, think it, through it a little bit and i think yeah. what you're saying the, the key is actually the long-term side of it sure it's, mm. it's, yeah. it's definitely um brands saying look you know it's not a tick box or you know we've done gaming i think mm -hmm. the key is is that sort of side and actually you know d doing different things in different games of of with that stuff uh, the custom build i think if you actually end up with working with the developers personally like that's a lot of what i do is work directly mm -hmm. with with the developers and that's actually going to give you a really good interaction a good way of it being because it will fit with the game right so mm. i was saying doing, doing things like car games and things where you've got the billboards but actually um i did some stuff with grids and you sort of do those but you also have a customized car and mm. there's sort of other bits elements to it and that sort of makes it it's more holistic to me and actually relevant and it feels like you understand the gamer better do publishers 
are, uh, what is their reception to advertising in, in general? Because that's obviously not their job is really to make a really good game, but it, there's it, this business end that you know it's mixed because it, it brings afford. in it brings in gamers yeah. a lot of things. Do you, it, there's it's also doing it. You know, game companies are also you've got to think their motivations to do it. So it can be to exp- increase the experience. The other thing is if you need to put say a delivery truck into a game or a coffee shop or something like that to make your world look real actually cost the developers quite a lot when they're building it. So they have to like come up with a design, they have to create a, create a name, they have to do go through legal to check none of this contravenes anyone else's. So they'd much rather go to, I don't know, a DHL or a Starbucks and go, look, can we just put you in there? Because it actually it helps the world feel authentic and it actually saves them time and money. So if it's the right thing, it can work really, really well. Um, but, you know, it is about that. It's fine. It's some, and that's not always the easiest to find because that's like bringing two people together at exactly the right moment. Um, but But I think that the games companies understand that this does enhance and they are looking for columns as well, aren't they? They're looking for... Uh, to be in the hype media or in to be noticed of different things of, oh, can you believe such and such is in here? Or they've done this amazing car or this or that, you know, and isn't it great and different? And they're using it, they're using it as a marketing tool mm. as much as the brands. Definition wise, are we talking uh, about sort of product placement or mm-hmm. advertisement when it comes to those? There types is a difference. And I think what what you're just talking about mm. there is is something that I've also done. And I think it's a much longer process, yeah. um, whereas if you look at in-game advertising, which you can buy programmatically, mm. um, there is less onus on the studio or the developers to. They may have like a an exclusion list. We don't want you know any of these types yeah. of brands. But other than that, they don't really care. They're, they've got an SDK in there. It's to monetize these ad units that they'll have placed. I think the challenge comes with. You know, ultimately, all of these studios, no matter what size they are, they will have a monetization strategy. So on mobile, it's going to be slightly different from console and PC, but certainly mobile, which makes up the largest portion of the gaming market. um, Lots of different strategies from UA uh, user acquisition to download additional titles within their portfolio, from in-app rewards um, to in-app rewarded video interstitials which Mm. we all know are are being phased out obviously by google and that has impacted a lot of the studios it's it's you know one of the top three ways that they drive revenue Mm. so there had to be Mm. another format that you know is also programmatic that you can buy if you're an agency or a brand Um, and that's kind of where we see the rise in popularity of in-game ads those display billboards Mm. and, um, and so on because again they're non-intrusive they're very easy to just, okay, I can't buy this anymore, but I can buy that. And they still drive revenue for the studios. So I do think there are two different things. Um, yeah. And some brands are obviously way ahead. Um, so McDonald's um, as well, they've tried and tested everything. And if you're smart, in my opinion, you'll run a you know a whole yeah. um, range of different activations across the gaming ecosystem. And I think the ones who are doing it really well right now are, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the other key is that people can't second screen when you're gaming generally. Yeah. And this is the best thing for the in-game advertisers. Never forget everything else. I mean, I sit there scrolling all sorts of websites when I'm watching TV, looking at clothes, doing whatever. You cannot do that mm-hmm. when you're playing games. So when something's there, it's it's there are very few mediums these days that you can do that in. 
Yeah, it's a really high attention environment. Yeah. Um, recent study by Lumen uh, with Anzu, who's an in-game mm-hmm. advertise uh, ad tech company. Um, yeah, found really high degrees of attention. Similar, it's similar. Yeah, as you mentioned, like cinema might be the only mm. other place where like you really are only looking at that one screen. Yes, and you're certainly paying attention. You mentioned sort of these these sort of metaverse terminology previously. Um, yeah, you know, that was the biggest thing. Maybe a year ago, today, year and a half. Are is that still something that brands are really looking into in great detail? Because I, I know that I think the the term the metaverse, alongside like anything to do with like crypto and NFTs, that <laughs> that it, it kind of got associated with a lot of. It so, got bundled together, didn't it? It Instead did, of, it, and it got associated with like sort of snake oil salespeople. Yes. And, and, you know. <laughs> and as we all laughed at the at the monkeys that were this, that suddenly dropped in value on the NFTs, yeah. so you're like, oh, bless you, you've lost your millions. So, what's the sort of experimentation going on? Is are our brands still experimenting? Yes, massively. I think, um, yeah, there was definitely a lot of hype around the metaverse. I mean, we, we saw Facebook obviously rebrand around it, yeah. so it was yeah. a big deal. Um, and we also, I think really at the beginning of uh, 2022, very late 2021, we saw a, a rush mm-hmm. to sort of be the first. And, and all brands like to do this. They always want to show adopt that they're early. innovating, adopt yeah. early. And, and, you know, history does show us that if you're an early adopter of new tech, that you will be, you'll lead the pack in terms of competition. So I understand why that happened. Um, and it was very much a sort mm-hmm. of test and learn approach. But there, there were some really big brands doing this. I mean, we're talking Gucci. Um, yeah. We had Tommy Hilfiger. We had like huge, huge fashion brands, um, retail brands and so on. So I think it died down a little bit, partly because people didn't understand that Metaverse isn't yeah. just the sandbox, Decentraland, Somnium space. Mm. It's actually Roblox, Fortnite. These are the biggest game yes. platforms on the planet. Isn't so a, totally agree. People forget yeah, that they video, don't understand that these games and metaverse did start in video it games. Is, really, exactly. It's exactly so, what it is. I feel like it's a bit of a vanishing line, though, with, with, with uh, or vanishing point with the definition. Then, because yeah. I would refer to Roblox and Fortnite really as just games, or I guess mm. Roblox is a bit more like. Well, a, Roblox sees themselves as a social media platform. Yeah, it's, it's well, kind it of is, its own platform. That's yeah, point. I suppose that's. Yeah, I suppose that's the case. That, but, so that's the metaverse as opposed to it necessarily needs to be an AR or, or no, VR no. or anything no, like that. No, 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 no. And, and uh, yes, no, I agree. And I mean, I uh, with, with Women in Games, we were involved a little bit with um, Beauty Week or whatever that was all done in the metaverse. And it is interesting to see, but, you know, even you, you're still cautious. I mean, I, I, I still can't get over the fact you don't have legs in certain <laughs> part areas. Um, but, you know, it, it is all part of the same thing. The thing I would say with the games industry is very interesting because they usually do adopt early and that you can see how things are going. So if you look at things like VR, obviously coming out quite a while ago, and actually the games industry was like, yes, but not fully. And we're not there because the technology is not mm-hmm. quite there. And I remember having lots of debates with people about that. And they're like, no, it's the way forward. And I'm like, no. We need to stop feeling sick. Um, and the same with NFTs. There there are games companies out there that went and were like, right, we're going to do NFTs. And their audience were in uproar about it, that they actually backtracked. Was that, was that Ubisoft? It was, was Team that? 17 with Worms. Uh, oh, interesting. It's a good game, actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was a classic. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it is that sort of side. I think I think I get, I'm sure YouTube people always go on, a, you know, what's this with the metaverse and games and all those yeah. things. Like, but it's it's we've been doing this for years uh-huh. anyway. Any downloadable content, anything you can content you can do. And Gucci is a good one because they were one of the starts of putting the handbag, wasn't it, yeah. into Roblox. 
They did. Um, and that you Fortnite kept reselling Roblox. They did a, a mm. garden Gucci floral yes. garden, and it was they've got a perfume that's called floral. So um, I think I do agree with you. I think metaverse. In terms of how I understand it and yes. how I explain it to people, because you're absolutely right, I think it's a bit of a, a buzzword yeah, and yeah. it means different things to different people depending on where you sit with it. Um, it's, it's essentially the internet, which is Web 2, and Web 3, which means everything that you would do, so shopping, socialising, watching sport, going to a music concert, hanging out with your friends, um, you know, playing games, is all metaverse, right? So... Uh, to your point about Roblox and Fortnite, is that really metaverse? Technically speaking, yes, because if you can do all of those things, and now you can with the with Fortnite, mm. obviously making it easier for you to create those experiences. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't have to be a game, like as in you're you know you're driving a car around. It could just be it's a pop up, and we've seen that again with McDonald's yeah, yeah, many yeah. times. It's a, it's an actual shop, but there'll be some reward based. You know, there'll be a Activity play, around, yeah, yeah, some yeah. some kind yeah. of emerging um, sort of interactive experience yeah, for yeah. the for the gamer. That was so, a really good explanation yeah. of metaverse and web two and <laughs> yeah. everything. That was really like that's good. That's kind of how I go out yeah, and explain no. it because I think otherwise it's a bit like, well, what's the link to blockchain and what's the link yeah. to NFTs and it's all linked. It's mm. a little bit blinded by by the words, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's that kind of that's a really good, yeah. good way of but explaining it, it. I think when you're when you were saying yeah. about AR and VR as well, I think I absolutely agree mm. with you. The technology isn't as good as it could be, it's getting there. But we are going to see, mm. I think COVID, obviously, um, the pandemic accelerated the development of um, VR and yep. AR because people still wanted to have that socialisation. Yeah. Um, and there's actually a, um, a big, I've forgotten the name of it now, it's a big kind of nightclub um, chain in London. And they did, a, they did a few virtual concerts. Mm. Yeah, um, and good. one of them was like, Marshmallow and a few uh, Marshmallow's always at these things isn't it? Marshmallow's huge, always in gaming well, but, I mean it was one of the key <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think it, look, we saw with Travis Scott in Fortnite yeah. right mm. that, that pulled in probably the largest audience of anything he's ever done so we know that that's going to be the future right that's mm. how I know I'm, I'm a little out of touch is that I haven't actually attended any I mean have you actually gone to I do I have concerts? Do you know and, what? And what, I did, what was I, it like? I did the little Nas one. Did uh, you? Well, because I had to, because it was very current to yeah, yeah, yeah. the industry I work in. I really wanted to understand as how it, it works, as it affected, what it does. You know, would I buy a ticket for this? If I, you know, if it mm. wasn't right. for research purposes, right? right. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you oh, know well. what? And I think, <laughs> to be honest, you've got to remember there's there's a whole age group of what's really smart about this is there's an age group of fans who might not be able to go to a concert, mm. right? They just and it's the cost. I mean, yeah, they don't have the money. The they can't get there. To they're too young. Mm. But so Your all parents they do, say no, you can't go to. Yeah. No, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 I'm the era of you. You'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm staying at a friend's, <laughs> sneaking out or something like that. But, um, it's, you know, it's, it's limited, true. right? Yeah. But th those children are still fans, um, and whether they're consuming the content on YouTube or other, you know, or on Twitch or whatever channels they're using, I think this is a a very unique way to engage with a whole new audience. You're still taking a fee, but I think the ticket was like. Fifteen dollars or something. It wasn't huge. No, no, no. It's good. Um, but it, it and it gives you a unique experience. But also yeah. with that, it actually gives you a way, particularly with children to a certain degree, yeah. of controlling what they are fed. So as a parent, my feeling is always a parent like you need to know what your kids are looking at. Yeah. Um, video games. You always walk in, ask them questions. 
But with that kind of thing, I, what would be really interesting is if they can then look at the feeds that you can actually click on of like, this is the PG feed or this is, yeah. you know, that would be really exciting to see, to be able to offer you can, a different order. You can do that at the I moment. I didn't realise, it's brilliant. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's um, because it's a, it's a child-friendly yeah, yeah. platform. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so yeah. both Fortnite and Roblox have the ability for you to, yeah. to implement those safeguards, if you like. Um, Which, and uh, yeah, I mean, rather than going to the concerts where you don't know what's going to be said. That's it, and actually, exactly. Uh, being, I'm five foot two, so being short <laughs> going to a concert is like the worst thing ever because there's right. always some tall person in front of you. That's me. This, yes, it's you. <laughs> um, but no, so, uh, you know, I think that, 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 is, that is, it does make a difference. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I haven't, uh, my, I'm, I'm a, I would say, excuse me, I'm a big gamer, but I've not played around with any of these tools that uh, apparently a lot of young people perhaps are doing it. But from if you're thinking about putting gaming on like the media plan, are you thinking about it really to reach specifically younger audiences? Because we just talked earlier about, well, gamers are actually much older and I think and it's, on it's, average. it's meeting different audiences. So what people sometimes forget, if you look at particularly PC or or um, console, in my mind, there is an element of it's almost it's, it's a luxury product, mm -hmm. right? Because it's not a cheap entry. You've got to spend money. You've got to have a good PC. You've got to have a console. Mobile, I mean, you still got to have a phone, but it's it's not. So it isn't. It is. It's looking at different ages. But actually, in my honest opinion, I I much prefer the idea of looking at attributes rather than ages to a certain degree. So like youth is a, is an attribute. So FIFA, that's exactly what they're doing. Their marketing is 100% based around the attribute of youth which has different things. I mean, you know, very old 25 to 30-year-olds as much as young, very 50-year-olds. But it is looking at, at the audiences and exactly where you can go. There is a great game called Star Stable, which is like Sims on Horses, made in Sweden. They have 19 million downloads of a PC game and eight to 18-year-old girls, and they play 1 million players a month. Yeah. And so if you're looking to go, oh, actually, we want this audience, and that's a really hard age group and, you know, girls as well to kind of get into that's the thing to do and people it's not thinking always about the biggest it's a you know it's a classic thing it's engagement isn't it it's thinking yeah, about where's the where's absolutely. your engagement going to be right and it's looking i mean going back to i think that's a really good point because going back to the demographic yeah. and how do you understand where your audience are playing the reality is they are definitely gaming there's a, yeah. such a small percentage of people who don't game at all mm. so you you know you need to be covering something and again most marketers I mean, I'm not a big fan of these personas. I just yes. think it's, it's just <laughs> I, a, I, I really dislike it. I think, look, okay, if you were to if you were to apply personas to me, I technically fall into five or six or seven yes. different brackets. I I have a console, I have a PS5 that I play, probably not as regularly as I like, <laughs> uh, but I do regularly play mobile games. I don't have a PC. I don't have children, but I'm in the age group where people probably think I do. Yeah, yeah. So I think it, it's it's quite risky to just go right. We only want this age, and we only want you know this gender, unless there's a specific reason for it. So I think people have to be willing to try and reverse engineer it, right? So put your brand in, do this activation, and then measure how much people engage with that. Mm. And that's what we've seen McDonald's and Lego yeah, and yeah. Um, even Mac and Benefit. You know, you've got beauty brands now understanding that, yeah. you know, the majority of gamers on mobile are female, slightly edged over men. But again, it's, you know, look at the context of those games that they're playing and then try and target, you know, esports again, that's a much younger audience. Mm. How do you do that without having to invest huge amounts of money? Mm -hmm. 
So there's there's lots of different ways that you can reach um, reach there people. Is. I've got two points now. Yeah, so yeah, that is that's really, right. <laughs> um, no, because I was like, oh yes, um, but no. I think without doubt, my feeling is when you're looking at these brands and looking at the games, it's actually looking at the attributes of both. So you go. If you look at something like Sims, Sims is based around creativity, global. Look at those attributes. Sometimes it's the best way of marrying. It's exactly yeah. what you're saying about sometimes it's not always looking at your demographics don't fit exactly. into the standard yeah. boxes. Mm. And definitely on the beauty side, because of um, with Women in Games, we did uh, make virtual beauty real with Dove. So yeah. all about changing, um, getting women to look more like women in the games rather than... Uh, unfortunately, we don't all look like Lara Croft. We might <laughs> yeah. want to, but we don't. So it's really good. Um, and actually, we also, one of our corporate ambassadors for Women Games is Charlotte Tilbury. So I've just been, come back from Gamescom literally two days ago, and Charlotte Tilbury is very much there yeah. and going out and, and representing and some doing things. And, you know, it is, and it is, they are looking at the other games. And, you know, we did something with Gillette Venus as well. You know, Gillette's always been involved because of the, the idea that it's a man's or a, a boy's world. And, and you know, it is great to see these brands actually going, hold on a second. Yeah there's this great audience and we can do something that's interesting and different. It's, mm. it's education, I think, for sure. And we've both, you know, we've both been doing the same thing, yes. right, really, for years. <laughs> and it's, I'm actually, you know, I am surprised that it's taken so long and that these misconceptions are so hard, despite all the evidence and all the yeah. research. I still struggle. You know, I can show them five different research papers from five different places, all saying the yes. same thing. Mm. And you still are going to get people. It, it so is, it, it's it is driving funny. it, it um, is. that I think is quite a challenge. But, but we are starting to see it. We are. Yeah. I'm sure you've got the same stories as I yeah. do. Of I remember working with someone, like going into ASOS and back in, we did something with Sims Mobile, Mobile and with uh, Need for Speed and going in about 2016. And they're like, does our audience really play games? Yes. Yeah. And like you had to convince people yeah. to be part of it, which is it's great now. It's not got so much. I also know that a colleague of mine at one point was in a room in Germany with a sort of bottlers. They were trying to do something Monster Energy and someone in the room turned around and said, oh, aren't all video games just played by neo-Nazis in dark rooms? Oh, so, wow. you know, they're, they're, we have moved from that, which is exciting. <laughs> um, and actually pandemic helped yeah because you could see it was this amazing social platform Mm. i've got a son and a daughter my daughter struggled a bit with the social interaction my son was fine he's Uh playing with his gay friends he's got things to talk about and then also with that and talking about the ages at that same time microsoft with xbox did their whole grandparents campaign where they're encouraging grandparents to get xboxes to interact with their grandchildren Mm. and you then you saw some uh, the rise of you know grandparents Twitch streamers. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and I love that. It's the fastest yeah. growing audience segment is actually 55 plus. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that either. That although it does make up a smaller percentage of the overall gamer audiences, the fact it's been growing so rapidly, and this is partly yeah, yeah. due to campaigns by like Xbox, I think Cadbury's have done something similar. Well, um, I also think there's an element of, I always say this, but people kind of forget Wordle is a video game. Yeah, and yeah. ultimately, oh, people yeah. are sitting there yeah. going, "No, I don't do video games, yeah. but I do my Wordle." And you're like, "Well, it's actually, that, it's a game." Self-identifying, yes. isn't it? Whether you call yourself a gamer or not, or so, words with friends or any of yeah. these. When you're like, "No, that's still yeah. a video game." Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about sort of really unique, interesting activations that you know, brands are maybe doing inside games. But yeah. we talked a little bit about esports um, in terms of the sort of platform, social platforms that a lot of gamers go on. I mean, is is Twitch like the or you know Reddit or Discord are these really good ways into communities? If you're a brand that hasn't 
spoken to gamers before, let's say, and maybe you don't have a product that is stereotypically associated with gaming audiences. How do you go about sort of starting to approach? Yeah, Charlotte Tilbury have actually gone and done a Twitch channel. Oh, really? Yes. So that's their big, but I know they're working as well with um, a, a company to help them with it who actually also look after Xbox On. And people so the are key like is, very receptive to the fact I that think, the yeah, brand is coming in and doing it. I think it's doing show. it in the right way mm-hmm. and having the, do you know what's authenticity, authenticity of the people behind it? So I see a many a thing where, to be honest, some of these big agencies come in and we're like, yeah, we've got this big gaming idea. And you're like, no, it's not going to quite work. And it will often be with the Twitches or things like that because you're like, you're not the audience is different. You actually need someone that's been in the industry for a while or understands it a bit. I mean, Twitch is is interesting. I mean, YouTube is also obviously pushing a lot more further as well in that side. But I think as long as you do it in the right way, you know, it's not patronising. It's not trying to... And also, don't try and tell the games audience what to do, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, it's sort of be there and go, like, we like it too, rather than, you know, you should do this and don't be toxic and, like, just listen Mm. to the audience. I think it's a different... It is a different audience. They're very, very passionate. And they are also means that they can be very, very critical. Yes. So it's got to be the right thing. I agree. I think it's when done well, like one of the ways to sort of utilise that network, if you like, across Twitch and Kick and mm. the other platforms is to work with well-known gaming influencers. Um, and Pandora actually recently worked with two champion winning esports yes. tournament um, players, um, two female players. And all they did really was, it's their channel. So Pandora obviously created their own yeah, channel yeah. and they sent, they, they basically did an unboxing um, and their entire fan base obviously were watching this and that's Pandora just got an extra Fantastic. few million yeah, yeah. audience. And it, and it's actually quite cost effective to do yeah. um, because you're, you're essentially paying that, that ambassador or that influencer within the space who has that authenticity mm. and already has a fan base. So you're not necessarily just going in blind and hoping that you're targeting yes. the right audience. You're targeting a person who fits your market mm. and their audience are going to see and that. And their audience is receptive because they like the sh- streamer? Because they like I mean, the streamer, if, I think so. If I was it's watching, a safe way to get yeah. in there. Yes, and it has to be the right product. Yes, yeah. and it's done yeah. in the right way. Yeah. It's exactly that. And remember, there's user-generated content. So that's what puts a lot of brands off. They are mm. extremely nervous about that. If we all, have, there's plenty of examples. I think KFC, probably the most famous one, where you know it, it just turned into quite a sort of racist taunt going on. And <laughs> the, you know, but there's yeah, nothing you can do about that. No. It's live, mm. right? And that's the risk: is that if that's not moderated, it's ultimately it's user generated content. It can go either way. So you have to be quite careful that the format in which mm. you're doing it, the messaging and making sure someone has control yes. of that conversation. It's having is, those is checks really in place, important. isn't it? Yeah, it's like being exactly. like <laughs> like you would do with anything else, like, you know, yeah, Twitter yeah. or anything else. And don't forget, it is like, it's, it is a bit like a Twitter. Of, it is. Because of, absolutely. you know, internet people think they could say anything. Yeah. But I think it's having that in place. I know yeah. with, like, with Women in Games, we are very heavy on our moderators. Our events, yeah. our um, Discord channel is very heavily moderated uh-huh. to make that safe space. Yeah. But that is the key. And it's, you know what, it's just like, go in and speak to experts yeah, is my biggest thing. Exactly. I Run. think when they try and do it without really yeah. understanding who the gamer is, um, and, you know, you're in a different environment. I know a lot of the gaming um, communities replicate 
you know, real real world mm. situations. Everything you see out here, you, you're going to see in the gaming communities, that's for sure. Mm. So I think there's maybe a little bit of a disconnect between brands understanding that the same, you know, things that you need to be aware of in the real world when you do advertising also exist in gaming communities. Yes. So mm. I, I get frustrated with, uh, as I said, some, particularly, and actually it's usually the very big agencies uh-huh. who are like, oh, I've got a creative team and there's one guy in there who's played video games since he was 15. And they're like, no, we've got gaming. And you're like, no, no, you actually really do need to understand. And it is frustrating because I've seen some ideas of, I saw one idea where someone was like, right, what we're going to do is if someone's toxic online and they get a ban, we're going to say they can do our rehabilitation course. And I'm like, no one's going to do this. And <laughs> do you actually know what gamers do? I was like, gamers just create a new profile. And and don't they're not going to do anything. You know, it's, it's understanding. It. And they're like, no, it's a great creative idea. And I'm like... It's because of in real life, things might work like that. You know, mm-hmm. you do a speed awareness course if you caught a speeding type thing, but it's not understanding the audience in the right way, mm. you know. Mm. Um, I want to transition us to a, a, a sort of quick hits section where I'm a bit more rapid fire. Um, so, and a lot of recent news in gaming has been uh, just in the past few weeks around Netflix, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... They're, you know, they've been aggressively looking to move into gaming now for a little bit. Um, they were acquired a number of game developer studios last year. Within the past two weeks, they've announced um, a uh, a number of new titles based mm-hmm. on their own IP. Uh, love Which is Blind, is I think, clever. is the first one. I love that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just love that as an idea. It's brilliant. Um, and then B, they're they're also making games available via streaming on smart TVs, PCs, mm-hmm. whereas previously they were just on mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious what you make of Netflix's strategy and um, how, how it can they, avoid being Google Stadia. Yeah, they are definitely big. As I said, being at Gamescom this week, the stand for Netflix was huge. Interesting. They had, it was all Stranger Things. They had sort of upside down houses, but they also had the mall there. You, you couldn't interact. You could go and buy things more. And then the other part they massively were pushing was Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I think mm. so it was realising the audiences yeah. are, are aligned and so I think it's exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do next, how they're going to do it. But they, they're doing it in the right way of realising the right, going through the right mediums of using their content, I think, like this now with mm-hmm. that connection because of that's their authenticity. They know their audiences are watching Wednesday. So therefore, let's go in, in the right places with them. I agree. I think Netflix have been sort of tentatively moving into gaming for a number of years now, actually. This isn't new mm. by any means. Um, and their mobile games mm. have been out for a little while as well. I have mm. a few of them. Are they good? <laughs> not not going to comment. Uh, <laughs> they need a bit of development, let's just say. Okay. It's a good starting um, point. It's a very good starting point. But I, I, I totally agree. I think it's extremely exciting to see Netflix recognising the opportunity of their own IP. I mean, Last of Us, right? Mm. Fantastic example of really how you can use one entire audience in, on one platform uh, or one channel and mm. then you know if you transition into really yeah good. if you transition into TV mm. it works the other way around right and I think that's uh we, we've seen that work I think if you ask most gamers what their second favorite yeah. thing is it's going to be streaming movies short stories content you know so I, it's a good match movie and and gaming always has been mm. um so i think for netflix i i i think there's going to be a lot of really exciting new game development i think it's good to see new people coming in yeah. you know i think google was trying to be everything to everyone and what netflix are trying to do is they're going we're going to be this to these people i think mm. stadia just was I, I, I like the concept of it i remember when that started but 
it was probably a little bit too soon for yes. that kind of concept. Like cloud gaming is is a thing. It's definitely, it's, you know, it's not, they didn't get that <laughs> bit wrong. But the problem was they had very limited titles. It actually was, wasn't was that good a deal either. Mm. So in terms mm. of when you downloaded the titles, it, was, it, was, remember, it, was, it wasn't cheap either to it get wasn't now, cheap, that's I remember what I'm now. So actually yeah. in relation to just buying the, the title, I think to rent it was like, Ten dollars or something like right. that, but and that you didn't have it. a reason to use Stadia over if you already owned a console. But perhaps if you already have a Netflix subscription exactly. and you're not paying yeah. more for the game, then why not? I'm not adding anything else to like a Fire Stick or like it's something else a, is going into mm. the TV or, or signing up to anything else. Yeah. And yeah. I think people will prefer that because if you like, they're already sitting there going, "I'm signed up yeah. to all these things," and if you've well, got, it's all through there. We've seen Amazon um, Prime do this, right? Where they mm. have. Your, you've got all your channels that sit under your Prime mem- membership and subscription, but then you can also pay a little bit more, like three ninety nine a month, if you want to have, mm. say, crime, um, you know, series and things that aren't free. So I think mm. this is again, we're going to see like a slight development of Netflix Shift, yeah. model, where yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, I want to regularly rent games on, you know, on my TV or on my mobile, mm. and they'll all come at slightly different. So I'll be interested to see what the commercialization of that looks like because mm. i think really honestly that's where google stadia just flopped because mm. it, it didn't they didn't really get that price point right and it, i wonder whether it's because of their backgrounds because really you know theirs is like it's the ads and everything you know that's how uh-huh. they'd get generate income where netflix have already got that subscription model so it kind of i know there's google play where there's an element of but you know yeah. there is and Netflix that is helps. getting ads. It doesn't well. feel uncomfortable for the user yeah. to go, well, I'm already subs- I'm already subscribing. It's already in a safe mm. well, environment you're, type you're, Not that Google's non safe. I think, but as well, yeah, like you said, you when you look at Google versus Netflix, I look at Netflix and I say, mm. that is the home of content, right? Because I go yes. there for watching TV series or movies and why not games, right? I think mm. it, it makes more sense. They're an entertainment platform. Whereas with Google, I see them more as tech. Um, and yes. I have access to, I, I, I'm I required to use Google. You use it in different ways. Yeah. use it in business and all exactly. sorts of different things. It's more of a tech mm. platform. Yeah. No, I, that's good. I, I do, I'm going to be very keen to see how they, you know, figure out the price points and the subscription yeah. model and what that's going to look like. Mm. It's going to be interesting. Taking the big stand at Gamescom is a real definite yeah. foot. We're yeah. here you know, this is us, we're going this way That's now. Awesome. Can you talk, commitment. Yeah, can you talk a little bit more about, because I, I wasn't at Gamescom, oh, uh, yeah. what, what other big takeaways? I did fly in and fly out. Um, so it was interesting. I mean, the consumer flaws, there was lots going on. The, some of the games companies weren't there that have been before. EA wasn't there. They've always had a huge stand, mm-hmm. which was quite interesting. Activision stuff was all behind and inside Xbox, which is also interesting because obviously the merger. Right. Um, but the big things that came out, Ubisoft had a huge, huge stand. Um, Xbox, everyone was talking about the Bethesda game, which has lost my... I've, oh, people are talking about Starfield. Starfield. Yeah. Lots of talk about Starfield. Um, loads of... Nintendo was seen as having a great spot. And the other one people are talking about is Hyenas, I keep getting, which is coming... I think there's Creative Assembly have made it and Sega are, are sort of publishing it. But it's quite interesting to see. And actually, do you know what? I got to have a different perspective because I have a 16-year-old son 
And he went, and he's one of his closest friends' parents, also in the games industry too. And they went round, and he, bless him, he did 30,000 steps in one day <laughs> because of his going round. But it was quite interesting because the sort of, also the anime manga sections, sort of, they were huge. And it's quite interesting that the, the amount of gameplay was a certain amount, but there was a lot of, you know, obviously there's a cosplay floor and things. It's a lot of the the memorabilia stuff. There's a lot more to do with the the around, bits that dot around the games. Um, but what was interesting as well was seeing the brands that were there. So Mini had this huge stand. And Mini, I haven't seen interact that much in the game space. So for me, I was a bit like, what are they doing? And I, I think there was a VR experience, I don't know. Um, I think it was Toyota had Parkour Ninjas on a floor. I didn't see the Parkour Ninjas. I mean, it sounds great fun. Mm. But it's that kind of thing. It's seeing, you know, beyond the classic periphery and headsets and, you know, Samsung's obviously there, all those people, to see the other ones that are coming in. And, you know, you will all see Coke and Monster and all those. I think that's quite a good way to do it, though. Mm. You know, before you, certainly BMW have been active yes. in gaming for a long time, um, as have Audi. Um, yeah. So I th- it's not unusual, actually, to see a car brand. No, it's just many but, I hadn't but seen. But I quite like, I do quite like... Again, if we're talking about demographic, mm. right? If if you want to um, do some research on who your market is, who your potential partners are in terms of studios and developers, what better place to do it than Gamescom, right? So, Fantastic. So yeah. that, and then also taking note of who comes up to the stand. Are people saying, oh, you know, what are you doing here? Does this mean <laughs> that you're going to have a game or yeah. a mini racing game? So I think that it's quite a smart way to do it. Um, they may have something lined up that we don't know about. No, I know. I'm just um, surprised because, as I said, I mean, working on, yeah. you just kind of go, oh, mini. Yeah, haven't seen them in anything. It yeah. is exactly that. My favourite, this is geeky, of going round is looking, is actually just seeing where the queues are. So if people don't know Gamescom, Gamescom generally has half a million visitors. Um, people turn up and play one game, which they've queued for seven hours. Mm. Um, and that's that's their whole day. Um, so it's it's a really good insight. If anyone wants to get an insight into the industry, go yeah. to games. Yeah. It's to demo games, especially oh. that are coming out. Yes, so they want to yeah. play the new That's whatever. why there's the long queues. Yes. Yeah. So there was a disappointment because the new Call of Duty wasn't there. Oh, FIFA right. wasn't yeah. there. Well, not yeah. FIFA, EAFC. EAFC. So, you know, those bits weren't there. But it, I like looking at the queues because then you can kind of go, oh, this game is going to be it. Yeah. Because you can see the amount of people interested. and Well, that was going to be my, my last question, actually, was, well, number one, what games have you been playing the most this year? Mm-hmm. And what games are you most excited about as well to come out, you know? I guess within just this year, because game development has <laughs> lots of delays. You know, yes, but, but but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm trying to think. What I'm I, in a bit too much, really. I mean, to be honest, I like I said, I don't play the PS5. I do play Genshin Impact. Oh wow, oh, no. that's a deep cut. <laughs> but I, I have to really be in the right. One thing that I've noticed mm-hmm. with my deterioration of the like playing the console is I've got to be in the right yes, headspace, headspace to yeah. really concentrate. It's not an easy game to play, so it's. Yeah, Red Dead Redemption as well. It's classic. Mm. Yeah. The first one or the second one? The first one. Um. Yeah, I know I'm not that modern. But uh, <laughs> but then, yeah, I mean, like, excited for games to come out. Um, I'll pass over to you. Okay, Mama, well, I, I was going to be even the games playing this year because, I, I mean, I sort of dip in and dip out. And to be honest, I've had that classic of having done, you know, World of Warcraft years ago and, and all different things. I, my favourite has always been Star Fox. Oh, yeah. sure. um, but you know and I, as I said I've got a teenage son so you always get to see yeah. everything that's Final coming out Final Fantasy for me actually that, yeah, that's you know probably going to which Final Fantasy 
Um, <laughs> all of them. Oh, well, I think <laughs> all I've, twenty. Of them. I've played a lot of them. Um, I love. I love the their just anna the aesthetic dress up like, as well. Yeah, yeah. the cosplay. I'm kind of. I know. So I think that's probably the one I'm interested for this year to or see coming out in the future is actually Cyberpunk Two. Because of oh, yeah, what yeah. happened the first time, is that is so? Is it a DLC? That's the. Series? I think my answer, I don't. I, I think just sort of seeing where they evolve it right, is okay. going to be interesting from my point because if it yeah. was so anticipated, that's part of why Stadia died. Actually, yeah. was because Cyberpunk was supposed to be like that the big, big release, and yeah. people were going to maybe go to Stadia for it, and then it there were too many bugs. No, no, no. Well, look, I mean, in all honesty, having worked, yeah, we I was there when Anthem launched, and we all know what happened there. Yeah. So, and actually worked with brands and trying to line things up, and well, things it, were... Ubisoft had it with Hyperscape. Yeah. I mean, huge, because um, it was a sort of battle royale. I worked on that um, at one of my previous companies, and. Again, massive hype. It was released, and they had to um, the fold it within a year. No, it's just it, so the key with that for brands, just so do, yeah, don't get yeah, scared, yeah. is actually it's making sure you do your research and you work with good people yeah. who understand the market. Because also, if games companies are sitting there and they're not doing any um, pre previews with with tr- uh, streamers or any press yeah, early yeah. or any, that's yeah. when you're going to have to start questioning things. Yeah. Mm. So, like, just yeah. have a little look out. But really, that they're the ones we can pick out as the anomalies. I usually, if there's a review embargo that it, yes. you know goes out the day that, it, uh-huh. that the game comes yeah. out, usually that's maybe going to be a bug-filled game. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, it, it happens, and I think that's again going back to why we are mm. saying to get in touch with people who who do understand the gaming ecosystem. I think as a brand why put all your eggs in one basket a common yes. thing is people going you know we're talking about the most exciting game titles right you always get brands going oh i only want to work with fifa oh, i only want to work with call of duty i only <laughs> want to work with league of legends or you know and it, you have to sort of educate them like look yes you've got hardcore people who play just that one game but the reality is your audiences are playing mobile, they're on Twitch, they're watching YouTube, it's they're 100%. on TikTok. So again, you know, you avoid that mm. sort of disaster scenario where if a game launch doesn't go to plan mm. by spreading your marketing yes. budget across all the different platforms and all all the latest games as well as the ones that are still running from, from you know, yeah decades well that, that's know. the key you know and there's also the idea of a game lasts a minimum of two years usually people mm-hmm. carry on playing so when people you're choosing between oh should we do that film which is in a cinema you know you've got two weeks beforehand two weeks after yeah. that's, that's it, it done. like you need the games industry you can have keep going on and on and it's not about launch yeah. it's about the other sides of it and Fortnite and all the rest we've been talking about shows it amazingly well yeah. mm-hmm. well i think that's a that's a perfect place to leave it um but as a reminder again for all our listeners we will be continuing the conversation in great detail at the future of gaming event on october 12th uh, and you can register to attend now at adwantedevents.com future of gaming lucy nina it's been such a pleasure what a fun thank conversation thank you very much thanks thank for, you thanks, thanks for having us yeah Thank you for listening to the Media Leader Podcast. This episode was edited by our production partners, Trisonic. You can find and listen to all our episodes on our website at themedialeader.co.uk or wherever you get your podcasts. But just remember, please do subscribe to be notified when we release our next episode. From all of us at The Media Leader, I'm editor Omar Oaks. Our executive producer is Jack Benjamin. See you next time.